welcome to the Cook, Eat, Nourish podcast with me, Fiona Staunton of Fiona's Food for Life. In today's episode one, I will be speaking with Siobhan D, who aims to give people freedom from diabetes and is the founder of the Type 2 Diabetes Summit. Be sure to listen to the whole podcast to hear her three top tips to help improve the health of the nation. Hey Siobhan, thanks a million for coming to meet me today. Thank you Fiona, thanks for having me. Thank you. Would you like to introduce yourself to my audience? Sure, so my name is Siobhan Dee. I come from Tipperary. I trained as a nurse in the Cork Regional Hospital and now I specialise in type 2 diabetes and helping people to avoid it or reverse it. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And can you tell us a bit about your career to date? Sure. So I guess in truth my medical career as I see it really started when I was just turned 14 and my 11 year old sister was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. So in terms of spending a lot of time in hospital, which we did back then, it was the very late 70s, 1979 actually. Uh, so things were very different then with, with uh, diabetes diagnosis and of course it was really type 1 that was so prominent um, back, uh, back then. So this really prompted my interest in healthcare. I studied nursing as I said in Cork University Hospital and then I travelled a huge amount with that and always of course favouring the patients with diabetes I guess because I know more about it and uh, I always felt a bit of, of empathy uh, when it came to dealing with the families, uh, I think I was valuable uh, to them. So I came back then, I joined the pharmaceutical industry and very interestingly, uh, the very first drug I ever sold was metformin, which is the entry level drug for type 2 diabetes. And went on then to a long career in the pharma industry, 14-15 years, where I worked in sales and marketing and eventually as a sales and marketing director, business development director for quite a few years. I was very lucky that I worked in lots of therapy areas that really interested me. And when I left the industry, then I was doing some consulting to various companies and I was working in one well-known diabetes uh, company who had been traditionally very involved in type 1 diabetes and they would have produced a lot of insulins, but now they were launching their first drug for type 2 and I was helping them to launch it. And of course, in the background, I had a huge interest always in natural health anyhow, in food as medicine. I'd had a couple of my own health challenges along the way where I really changed my lifestyle and saw the benefits of it. So I always was very interested in that in the background. And I was starting to read a lot of research around type 2 diabetes and the fact that it could be reversed. And there was a very impressive study that had just been done in the States actually by Dr. Neil Bernard, which effectively did show that food is as effective as medicine in type 2 diabetes and that it's reversible. So I was trying to bring some of this information into this project because as it happened, the drug that we were launching, despite the fact there were lots of positives, it obviously positively affected people's blood sugar and that it helped to bring it down and also it helped with weight loss, which is something that a lot of people with diabetes struggle with. So that was the positives or the benefits, but unfortunately there were a huge amount of side effects and pretty nasty ones, I'm talking about liver cancer, increased risk of, of liver cancer, pancreatitis, um, some, uh, some other cancers, leukemia, and most people would have pretty severe nausea, vomiting, headaches, etc. for the first few weeks. Okay, so I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, okay, so how can we help people to take the lowest possible dose for the shortest amount of time? And to me, it made perfect sense that we 
present to GPs and to the patients that would take this drug a good lifestyle program. So I wanted to train the GPs and I wanted to have something uh, so that everyone that would take this drug would understand how they could manage their own blood sugar in tandem perhaps with taking this drug. But uh, when I presented this, not only to be fair to the company, but also to the doctors who were involved in the free launch of this drug and lots of diabetes nurses, they were all saying, no, 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 people just want the drug. They don't want to know about that. And to some extent, I can understand that. You know, if you're told you have type 2 diabetes and you know about the risks, you know, increased risk of heart disease, increased risk of uh, stroke, blindness, amputation, of course you take the drug. But I guess I was starting to think, but people aren't being told about the potential complications of this drug and the fact that they can do so much for themselves to avoid these complications. So I had this, you know, I really had this internal conflict every day going to work while I'm working hard to help them launch this drug. In the back of my mind, I'm saying, you know, this isn't what's best for people or for everyone, certainly. So I, I just had that light bulb moment, I guess, one day where I thought, this is it, I'm, I'm finishing, after this project is finished, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do. Okay. So I set up then my online program, which is all about educating people about how they can manage their own blood sugars and uh, all the lifestyle things that feed into type 2 diabetes, because it's not just about food, but obviously food is a huge part of it. So that's what I've been doing since. So that's my, my career. And I should say, sorry, I'm saying, uh, I'm not saying that I'm anti-drugs because I'm not. I'm, I mean, for me, it's really important that you have your blood sugar normalized, however it, it takes, but it's really about taking as little medication as possible and understanding yourself what parts of your lifestyle uh, you need to adjust in order to maintain those good blood sugars and ideally reverse it. Okay. And so November is World Diabetes Month. Would you right. maybe give us a few insights into, you know, figures around diabetes, etc.? Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, in Ireland, we don't have a register. Okay. Believe it or not. So, in Ireland, we say one in twelve adults have type two diabetes. Uh, in some other countries where they do keep a register, where I think we'd have a similar demographic, they are saying one in seven, one in eight. So there's a bit of conflict around that numbers. It doesn't matter. It's still huge numbers. And every month in Ireland, at least a thousand people we do know are diagnosed with type two diabetes. Wow. And about a hundred with type one. So do you mind explaining just very briefly what the difference is between type one and type two? For sure. People aren't aware. For sure. For sure. So type one diabetes is an autoimmune disease, and it has nothing to do with lifestyle in terms of uh, a diagnosis. Okay. The beauty if you like, type 1 diabetes, is that it's a fairly rapid onset so you know very quickly that you have it. Your blood sugars you know, will, will go up very, very quickly and you will notice changes. You will go to your doctor. Okay. Yeah? And a very typical uh, thing would be that you're extremely thirsty. So drinking, drinking, drinking and obviously going to the bathroom a lot and not understanding why. That typically is what takes people to the doctor and often extreme headache and dizziness, perhaps blurred vision. Type 2 diabetes, 90% of it is probably lifestyle brought on by lifestyle. Now some people will have a genetic predisposition, but we don't get it because of our genes, we get it because of our lifestyle, and our lifestyle, uh, if you like, switches on that gene or expresses that gene. The unfortunate thing with type 2 is that it's very slow and insidious. 
So like I said, type 1 is fast, typically within a couple of weeks. With type 2, a lot of people would have a 3 to even 5 years without realising it. So your blood sugar is creeping slowly, slowly, slowly up. But unfortunately, having a high blood sugar consistently does do damage, particularly to our small blood vessels. So those tiny blood vessels, backs of your eyes, around your heart, around your kidneys. So this is why so many people, when they're diagnosed, already will have some compromised vision, uh, perhaps some uh, renal kidney problems or, or heart. So most people already have a complication once diagnosed. But nothing that can't be reversed or certainly helped a lot by normalising their blood sugars. Okay. And you ran a successful summit there recently. Mm. Do you want to tell us a yeah, little bit about I that? I did. So back in June, I ran a summit. And really the idea behind that was to get as many uh, thought leaders and some of the global, um, yeah, the people, I guess, who are really making a difference and who are ploughing ahead in terms of all the new research that's coming out on diabetes. So I had some amazing speakers and, I should say, also some fantastic Irish uh, contributors too. But uh, I had uh, Dr. Ken Pelletier who spoke about genes. So I mentioned a minute ago the whole uh, talk about genes because a lot of people are told, oh, look, it's in your genes and you're mm -hmm. going to get it. So, you know, very clearly now the science is showing that that's not the case and we have power over which genes we express or not. So he's written a book called Change Your Genes, Change Your Life, which I definitely recommend. Um, so he uh, spoke a lot about that in, in the context of diabetes. I had Bitten Johnson who again is becoming really a global thought leader around sugar addiction and the fact that many people have a genuine sugar addiction and uh, she shared lots of tips in terms of how to deal with that and uh, she herself is a reformed sugar addict uh, as well as uh, being addicted to other substances indeed so um, uh, she was a fantastic contributor um, I had Dominique Kemp uh, our she was uh, talking about a uh, low-carb diet and how we switch to a low-carb diet. Uh, Dr. Dave Harper, who has written The Bio Diet, and again talking about uh, ketosis. And that's something actually that's been talked about a lot in the world of diabetes. And there's, there's so many different angles on it, and there's not one solution. I mean, I think this is the important thing to say, and that's why I tried to cover every angle. Actually, I also had um, one of the lead investigators from the Newcastle study, and this was a really fantastic study that was done in the UK in 59 GP surgeries, and so it was a very uh, real study in the context of, of, of people just going in and out of their surgeries, but they were given a very low calorie diet, and they had phenomenal um, results in terms of the amount of people that reversed their type 2 diabetes. So there's lots and lots of ways to manage this. You can do a, a low calorie approach, you can do a high fat, low carb approach, you can do a Mediterranean diet. Mm. There's lots of ways to reverse your diabetes. So I would say to anyone, don't think there's only one way. And sure. you know, I tried that and it didn't work. But, you know, it's important to find something that fits into your lifestyle and maybe into your own values and your ethics. You know, some people yeah. just want to be vegan and you know they're told to have a high fat diet and it, it's a bit more challenging. So. You know, but there's, there's something there for everyone. Okay, sure. And that brings us into, so how can people be or become diabetes resilient? Good question. So I think the really important thing, you know, it's right about what, what you talk about, Fiona, which is um, cook, eat, nourish. Yeah. So, 
and, and you know, going backwards on that, the nourishing part, it is really important. Like I mentioned, most people already have some uh, complications or their guts. You would find that most people are gut bacteria, uh, particularly those with type 2 diabetes, is always compromised. So nourishing yourself to heal yourself, to get that gut bacteria um, balanced again, and uh, to, to nourish all of ourselves is, is massively important. And learning to cook. And I really, really uh, feel strongly that it doesn't have to be fancy cooking. I think this is what put, turns a lot of people off. You know, I mean, sometimes in our house, when we're under time pressure, it can be throw broccoli and cauliflower on the steamer and a few other vegetables and saute them and throw them all on, on the table with you know, hummus and pesto and olive oil. You know, simple stuff like that can be, you know, make a massive difference to your health instead of having crackers and cheese or, you know, something that isn't as nutritious. So um, learning to cook, learning to cook vegetables, I just can't stress enough the value of vegetables and lots of different colours. Um, and understanding, you know, I think if the time has come in truth, you know, most people know what their blood pressure is. Knowing what your blood sugar is, mm -hmm. is also hugely valuable. So I would say the next time you go to your doctor, check your blood sugar just to know it so that you can monitor it. So then in terms of becoming resilient, at least in, in the context of, of watching what it is and being more conscious of it and thinking about sugar and understanding the foods that affect your blood sugar. Other things that feed into diabetes are um, if you don't uh, do enough exercise, so really that half an hour a day walk can make a massive difference. Uh, and movement. So a lot of people will go to the gym in the morning and they'll do a fantastic workout and then they'll sit in their car, drive to work, sit at their desk for the day, sit in front of the telly for the night. So what you want to do is move as much as you can in the day. And that has all shown to help um, decrease your risk of type 2 diabetes. So movement hugely important. Stress. Stress can increase your blood sugars. So again, we can't obviously... Uh, change stress that might come into our lives but we can change how we cope with it and how we deal with it and just to be mindful of this that it is affecting my health we all kind of have these throwaway comments or oh, stress kills it really does mm -hmm. and unfortunately uh, having consistent very high blood sugars and leading a life that's full of stress eating the wrong food not having enough sleep not taking exercise and not looking after ourselves can have catastrophic effects so it's not something to be taken lightly and you know uh, being conscious of all of that and, and trying to be as as uh, having an anti-diabetes lifestyle as possible will make us not only resilient to type 2 diabetes should i add but also you reduce your risks of many cancers and alzheimer's disease and so many other diseases that are associated with inflammation and anti-blood Okay, so we're talking about sleep and stress and movement. And going back to the foods for a minute, can you tell me some foods that would be um, blood sugar friendly and not so friendly? For sure. Well, the most blood sugar friendly foods, without a doubt, like I said, vegetables. Now, if you want to be really pedantic about it, it's, it's non-starchy vegetables. Okay, so... Um, no question in terms of bang for buck or in terms of nutritional value vegetables are going to be best for you i would say next then would be berries so fruit in general so 
you know, again, it depends. If, you're, if you already have type 2 diabetes or if you know you're at high risk, then know what fruits you shouldn't eat and, or what fruits might compromise your blood sugar. Particularly if you're not taking medication, for instance, so bananas and pineapples, not so great. Berries, fantastic. And the larger fruits then, like apples, uh, peaches, pears, would be the lowest in sugar. So they're all blood sugar friendly. Then fat, of course, will have very minimal effect on your blood sugar. So I'm a huge fan of eating lots of nuts, a good variety of nuts. Yeah. I think the nuts that have been best uh, researched when it comes to diabetes are walnuts, almonds, pecans, macadamias. So they're all uh, good uh, nuts that have good healthy fats. Seeds also, of course. Olive oil, a glove of olive oil, and it's really heart healthy and you really have to mind your heart when you have diabetes. So that's going to uh, not affect your, your blood sugar at all and indeed will help to fill you too. So uh, really, really great. And then of course, uh, eggs, another super yeah. for me. So switch it, you know, if you switch from a bowl of cereal, for instance, which is really not going to do your blood sugars any good at all. And instead you have eggs, and spinach and some tomatoes in the morning. Kimchi. Then, absolutely, <laughs> hugely, hugely. And as I mentioned, your gut, obviously yeah. your, your gut bacteria will also benefit from that. So, you know, that will have minimal impact on your blood sugar. So looking at those foods, I would say uh, try and avoid the toast, you know, have the eggs, but not the toast because, or at least be very mindful, you know, without being dramatic. It depends too on where you're coming from you know, uh, but to be really, really blood sugar friendly and uh, to, to, to keep it as low as possible, um, then I would say, yeah, leave, leave the toast out. And uh, meat, if people eat meat, small amounts of meat, you don't have to eat meat every day, but small amounts of meat, uh, again, that don't have a sauce on them. So this is the difference. It's about making your own food at home, if you do want sauce on it, you make it yourself so okay. that you make sure there's no added sugar because there is mm -hmm. in most of the sauces that are, we buy. So cooking, cooking yourself, watch Fiona's videos and uh, really, you know, and make it simple. Siobhan, you mentioned earlier about the potato, about the baked mm. potato. Do you want to explain to mm. my audience there? For sure, for sure. So I guess it was in the context, like I mentioned about pineapples and bananas, and some people mm. might be thinking, but they're vegetables, or they're fruit, should we say it? And yes, for sure, they are full of nutrition. But if you are prone to high blood sugars, if you have type 2 diabetes or pre-diabetes, then it will negatively affect your blood sugar. Baked potato, in particular, there it depends obviously on, on the size of, of the potato and on the potato because it's starch is a big issue. Also, your body, once you eat starch, once it's ingested, it, it feels like sugar to your body. It's the very same thing. So a baked potato can have the same effect on your blood sugar as six to eight spoons of sugar. The exact same. So it's about looking at those types of foods. So for instance, a baked potato, I would say, is just no for people who have blood sugar uh, issues you can get that same nutrition in other foods, in other vegetables. So understand yourself and know what foods will affect your blood sugar and what foods are, you know, have a lot of starch in them. And if you have to have some, you know, just have a really, really small one and make sure that you have lots and lots of vegetables with it that will slow down the release 
of sugar as it hits your bloodstream. So for instance, were you to have uh, a small baked potato with, uh, with lots of sautéed vegetables in it, then, and, and they're good fibrous vegetables, so have some uh, broccoli and kale and exactly, exactly, sprouts. Sprouts, yeah. All of that will slow down the rate at which the sugar will get into your bloodstream because they're obviously high fiber vegetables. So, getting a, a hold on all of this as well in terms of your whole meal. And then I would say, you know, as a very simple guide for your plate, make sure you have an average size plate. Our plate sizes have got bigger, our mm. portion sizes have got bigger. But regardless of the size of your plate, half of it in vegetables. Try and get into the habit of counting your vegetables. So looking on your plate and seeing how many uh, pork, how many vegetables you have, and uh, the colours of them too, because actually that all makes a difference also. So as many colours as possible, and then have quarter your plate as protein. So perhaps a, a, a small piece of fish, of meat, beans, legumes, etc., and then uh, some carbohydrate. Um, Again, very important to understand the impact that carbohydrate will have on your blood sugar and understand which ones you can tolerate and not. So for instance, again, getting back to uh, the baked potato, brown rice, a lot of people will switch from white rice to brown rice, which is fantastic, but brown rice will have the same effect on blood sugar for many people, not for everyone. So it's about understanding wow. yourself. So even if you do small, small portions, like no more than a quarter of your plate. Okay, great. And so there's some recipes that I would have, like uh, chocolate orange and ginger cake, or recently I did the, the pumpkin bread, yes. and you could use a substitute for sugar. Yes. Uh, what are your thoughts on something like, say, stevia? The stevia aromat is usually what I would suggest. Yeah, absolutely. And stevia is the one, without a doubt, I think stevia has, it has no effect on your blood sugar. It has been shown to have some nutritional value. I mean, it's not a deal breaker, but for sure, I would suggest uh, for baking uh, stevia is, is, is a really good option. In general, I'm very apprehensive to suggest um, artificial sweeteners and I would say to people, if there's anyone who's listening who's newly diagnosed or who's really trying to make an effort to, to come off sugar, to come off uh, sugary foods, to stay away from all artificial sweeteners, even in the beginning stevia, because what you're trying to do is retrain your taste buds so you want to get away from that sweet taste and you know, we're all hardwired, myself included, I'm very much hardwired to really enjoy sugar uh, or, or sweet foods. So the first few days is always the hardest and then it, it gets easier. So what you try to do is retrain your taste buds initially by staying away from all of them. But when it comes to some treat foods or when it's special occasions or when you do want to have something that does have to have a sweetener and let's face it most of us are cooking for a family also so they will want a little bit of sweetness so stevia is definitely the one to go with a lot of the artificial sweeteners have been shown to have a negative effect on your gut bacteria um, and also indeed some of them seem to have a negative impact even on blood sugar too so just be very mindful of them okay so what I'd like to ask one of my guests is if you could give three tips that my audience could apply today to their, their daily life that would help improve the health of the nation. From your experience, what would that be? Okay, okay. So I think maybe I'll do a quick, pretty much everything I said. So I would say, first of all, um, my three S's, 
uh, for eliminating or cutting down or being conscious of all of the above in fact uh, sugar starch and stress be mindful start thinking about sugar content of food when you pick up a scone for instance remind yourself there is sugar in this there's starch in this white flour uh, again your body recognizes white flour as sugar so uh, yeah. always be mindful of what's sugary and what will affect your blood sugar and uh, stress like I said earlier not easy to avoid stress we all have stress in our lives but be mindful that stress can affect can affect your blood sugar so find something to do every day that will uh, you know be some mindfulness a meditation a walk something you enjoy doing that will give you joy basically and bringing more joy into our lives definitely will have a positive effect so that's the first thing the second thing uh, so that's the short be mindful and, and and minimize as best possible sugar starch and stress then vi a variety of vibrant vegetables so like I said as many colors as possible on your plate different colors and different uh, vegetables will all feed different colonies of our gut bacteria and what we want for our immune system and for our overall health is to have uh, all of those colonies uh, well oiled <laughs> absolutely so they can mind us so that really helps and obviously there's different nutrients in all of those foods as well so you know to your uh, nourish um, that that's really important so vegetables if you do nothing else and you just really focus on increasing your vegetables minimum of five a day that will massively help uh, your blood sugar and uh, the final thing I would say is exercise exercise for energy exercise for relieving stress exercise for helping us to sleep better also because incredibly even in healthy people it's been shown that if we don't sleep enough that it can affect our insulin sensitivity and it can affect our blood sugar so Again, you know, sleep is, is undervalued and it really does underpin our health. So I think exercise and sleep go really well together because people tend to sleep better if they exercise yes. and they feel so much better. So uh, if we get all of that right, we'll be doing well. <laughs> <laughs> and tell us, what's next for Shivondi? What do you have in the pipeline? Yes, uh, there's a couple of things. I'm uh, working on a project at the moment with some doctors and we're hoping to bring uh, a new programme uh, to help people to uh, live longer and stronger and have normal blood sugars. Um, I also have a new online course that's starting. So if anybody wants to uh, participate in that, please connect with me and to put my, my website. Yeah, on, sure. Thank you. And uh, certainly, yeah, contact me. Of course, I have one-to-one -one, um, slots that come up occasionally as well where I do private coaching. And um, I'm doing many, many talks in organisations and interviews uh, in general. So delighted. I really just want to, and this is World Diabetes Month, of course. So it's just really important that we get this message out that diabetes is avoidable, it's reversible, and it's really important that uh, we understand what affects us in terms of our blood sugar and that we do our best to keep it to normalize it and to do as much for ourselves as we can so take ownership fantastic and one question i always like to ask people in my interviews is uh, what would you choose as your last meal like my death row meal yeah okay 
That doesn't have to be healthy now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, okay, yes, I'm going to go with fish and chips. Okay. Land and sea. Uh, really proper potato chips mm. and really fresh fish, but from a really good chipper. Like we used to get when we were young at the seaside. Yeah. It just gives me oh the memories, my childhood memories of being at Tremor or Ardmore on holidays when we were little and when, you know, at the at the day before we went home, we always got fish and chips in newspaper. Yeah, they were delicious. <laughs> Lots of salt and vinegar. Great. And I'd have a glass of champagne with it. Okay. To celebrate. Very nice. And any dessert? Celebrate my life that was, not that I'm dying. <laughs> oh, dessert. Oh goodness, yeah. Ice cream is my weakness. Okay. I love, I love, actually Irish. You know. The artisan ice creams that are okay. made with really good cream, really good ingredients, just oh yeah, and Irish strawberries with it, yeah. Okay, fantastic. Sounds lovely. <laughs> so just to finish up, would you mind letting my audience know exactly where they can find you, the website, social media, etc.? Sure, sure. So I go under Siobhan D, so it's S-I-O-B-H-A-N-D-E-E, which is my surname. Uh, so SiobhanD.com is my website and I'm on Facebook, on Instagram and on LinkedIn and yes, uh, please connect with me and contact me and if I can answer any questions and if I can't, I'll certainly be able to point you in the right direction so don't hesitate to, to contact me anytime. Great. Thank you very much Siobhan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode of Cook, Eat, Nourish. I'd be really grateful if you could rate and review this episode to help me spread the word. For more information, pop over to my website, fionasfoodforlife.ie, where you'll find lots of recipes, tips, videos and blogs. Thanks a million. See you soon.